September 2, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. Destinations unknown were being reported in the daily export news that by some estimates totaled about a million metric tons, but there is no clue about how much is headed for China. For the week, the nearby wheat contract added six cents, while the December corn contract held on for a two-cent rally. Fresh news from the private forecast predicting a record large soybean crop in Brazil helped push the November contract 41 cents lower. December meal dropped 10.80 per ton. December cotton contracted 14.47 or 12 percent per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, October class three milk futures lost 74 cents. Livestock market was mixed as October cattle improved $1.50. October feeders put on 155, and the October lean hog contract shed 62 cents. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index increased 80 ticks. October crude oil shed 615 per barrel. Comex gold dropped by $25 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs commodity index declined by more than 30 points to finish at 657.70. Joining us now to provide some insight on these markets, Jeff French. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Paul. Do you wish you had a little more upbeat week to speak? Can't have them all. You can't have them all. Uh, we come off Friday, that certain crop tour. Monday, it looked like we traded. We're also coming into the end of the week, or end of the month. End of the month. What was the biggest pull on the wheat market? Uh, well, you saw the funds had a pretty big short position. Uh, they were betting f- for lower prices in the wheat. And uh, midweek with the end of August, they came in and, uh, covered those short positions. So they were buying it back to close it out for the month end. Uh, but also you had the U.S. dollar at 20-year highs. Um, so they came back on Thursday and really slammed it down. We were down 40 to 45 cents. So you look at the wheat market, though, the last two months, it's been in a pretty relatively tight range. It's about a dollar, dollar twenty trading range. So uh, until we can bust out of it either way, uh, I don't have a really strong conviction on the wheat. I mean, we have a lot of competition in the world, strong U.S. dollar, so any type of rally in the wheat uh, probably needs to be defended. And you've had the trade here. They've bought corn, and they've sold wheat against it. They've bought beans, and they've sold wheat against it. And I think that pattern will continue here for a little bit. By more of the speculators, outside money, who are you saying is doing that? Yeah, that's the funds. You know, okay, they, the li- they like to be long the corn, yeah. long the beans, short the wheat. Okay. All right, you brought up the dollar a couple of times, so I should just get this question out of the way because it is going to taint the rest of the discussion. Uh, Stephen in Virginia asked us via Twitter, he wants to know, why can we have such high prices with 40-year dollar highs? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, it's, uh, the last time we saw the dollar at these levels, uh, the commodity prices were definitely not at these prices. You know, it's, it's, I think, you know, short answer, it's just inflationary. There's been a lot of demand, uh, a lot of outside money wanting to buy commodities to ride it up in case this inflation continues. Uh, but I think as the dollar continues to move higher and it stays high, uh, long term, in my opinion, it's going to have a, definitely a negative effect, especially on the export market. But can the dollar stay high for much longer? I mean, I guess anything's possible. But oh, what, what are the elements that keep it higher? Well, it's the higher, the Fed increasing interest rates, bringing the money supply out of there. So, yeah, I, I think, in my opinion, the dollar's going to stay high here. And, and you just see it. You look at, you look at uh, the big long term chart. When it moves, it moves and it stays strong or weak for an extended period of time. All right. In corn, I mean, we don't export. The dollar is more of an influence on wheat. 
or is it as an in, big an influence on corn? It, 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 it is, but you know the exports right now. We we're not getting weekly export sales here. Has uh, that messed us up? Well, I mean, we've had a big supply side rally here. You know, with the private analysts out there bringing down the size of this crop, we've seen two of them here in the last week. Um, you know, they differed in the size of that crop, but yeah, we've had a big rally up on the supply side. But now, without the exports from the USDA, uh, we're not seeing where the demand is. So yeah, I think it it brings into a side of uncertainty, and markets just don't like uncertainty. Uh, so yeah, we, we've set back here, but again. Look at 649 on December corn. As long as we can hold 649, I think we can move higher, uh, but a close below 649. And we're coming in seasonally. This is September now. Uh, you know, harvest is coming at us very quickly. And seasonally, September is a weaker time for grain prices. And historically, you look at right now, the first week of September, corn prices right now in the last five years are $1.50 over the average. So we're coming into harvest at extremely high prices. We do have a question that's very similar to that that we'll bring up in Market Plus. There's our little tease for that show we do on YouTube or in podcast form. But I'll ask you, uh, we're showing the March contract. How does one protect themselves if, let's just ask it the two directions. I have a really good crop, it's rain, I don't want to tell anybody. Or I'm really poor and I don't want to say how bad it is. What are those two extremes supposed to be doing right now? Well, seasonally right now, I mean, you want to be long the December and short the March. You know, I, I think, you know, the farmer right now is pretty flush with cash. So that and with the shortness of the crop in the Western Corn Belt, uh, I think the, the bushels that they have, they're going to hold on to those pretty hard. So the basis is going to have to do the work to work the bushels out of the farmer's hand. So by the December, sell the March against it. That basis, uh, I keep hearing there's some ridiculous basis levels out there. I mean, all basis is like politics. It's all local. Are there certain pockets that you see are stronger than others right now? Oh, yeah. It's the western corn belt. It's the western feeding regions. And the basis is going to have to do the work pulling the corn from the east to the west. And it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be a strong hands. But at the end of the day, prices are good. you got to move it off farm. Um, and you can always replace those sales with, with a call option on paper. Soybean market uh, didn't quite have near the rally because, according to these estimates, there's a big crop out there. Is that the only influence on this market right now? That's a big one. Uh, another big one this week was one of, the, one of the bigger cities. Not the biggest. It was only 20 million people in China locked down. So uh, that was a big market influence. But technically, I mean, you had the, um, until Friday morning, you had the, the bean market below the 20, 50, 100, and 200-day moving averages. So that's really negative. And these funds look at that technical trade as very important. So I liked Friday. We came back. It was an inside day. We did come back and close above $14. But you start closing below $14, it's a pretty quick trip down to a thirteen fifty area. Why would we do that? Why would we close lower so quickly? Seasonally, September, harvest coming at us, and we got a record, we got a record bean crop, in my opinion, coming. Uh, farmers are undersold. Brazil, we just learned, they're expected to plant 104 million acres of beans, just Brazil, this winter. Uh, so, I, I, you know, if one thing I'm negative on is definitely the beans here. But again, good prices. If you don't want to sell, get some protection down low here. You got it here for the next... 25, 30 days, October contract, can keep the prices locked in here through harvest. So do something before harvest. Oh yeah, absolutely. These are good prices. If you don't want to sell it, get your risk on paper.
because let's just point to the cotton market and how quickly things can change. Week after week after week, we saw this price trend up. Then this week, I believe the term is elevator shaft. Uh, yeah, it hit the elevator shaft. It was down every day this week. It was down $15 on the week. Uh, it closed below the 200-day moving average. Fundamentally, cotton has a very bullish story, but this is perfect example of money flow. And money flow will trump fundamentals every single time. And right now, the cotton market is searching for buyers, and they're simply not there. 20-year uh, high in the U.S. dollar also contributed to that. But uh, to me, it looks like cotton wants to go back in that 95-cent area. That's, that's kind of where we broke out and started rallying from. So, yeah, not a good look at all. Well, it used to be if it was over a dollar, it was always a big deal. And we stayed above that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and historically, over a dollar twenty, even more rare. So yeah. um, when it's there, you got to take advantage of it. So it's a lesson for what could happen quickly if things change just enough. Oh, absolutely. In the wrong area. Oh, absolutely. Right. Livestock, uh, live cattle. You talked about uh, the Western Corn Belt. What are you hearing about feedlots out there, uh, direct sales, cash sales? Which one's winning out and influencing the cattle market the most? Well, we, we, we had kind of a rough week until Friday. I mean, we've been trending lower since the cattle on feed report was, you know, kind of a little negative. Uh, but, you know, the trade is going into here. I know we're not into the fourth quarter here yet. But if, if you look historically at the cattle market, when you're in a bull market, the fourth quarter is usually always higher than the previous third quarter in a bull market. So uh, I'm really friendly cattle fundamentally, but you got to look at the general economy and, and look at the S&P 500 and put a chart up of the stock market with the cattle. I mean, it is almost tick for tick. So watch that stock market. If the stock market closes and the S&P below 3,600, uh, definitely get some downside protection in the cattle. Rabobank this week said uh, their beef report relied uh, that the, the said the global beef market remains strong with most beef retail prices trending upward from the previous quarter. At what point does the consumer come into this to influence the market, not as much maybe something else? Well, I think they're, it, it's, it's happening right now. I, I mean, people are making choices. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if you want to go out and have a steak, you're going to go out and have a steak no matter the price. Um, now, you might not be doing that as often as you would like, uh, but people are going to continue to want beef. And globally, meat demand is continuing to expand. So what about feeders? We're looking at that chart right now. Again, another one of those trends, but this one has been a downtrend in the short term. How does that extend to the long term? You know, they're expensive still, and they've had a little bit of a downturn because of the rally in the corn. You know, I'm kind of in the position that, you know, the corn might have some pretty good resistance in this 670, 680 area uh, on the December board. So, yeah, I, I like the feeders here uh, again. Um, you're going to have tremendous demand here on the feeder cattle, and with lower prices, I think we can advance up. Is the hog market moving mostly on that China news export issue? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I mean, the hogs have been trending lower for two weeks, and uh, today we actually hit a two-month low on the October contract. We closed the gap that had been open since July 5th on the daily charts. Um, you know, we have more hogs coming. I mean, we, we're going to have 8 to 10% more hogs uh, in the fourth quarter compared to la uh, the third quarter here. So we do have more of a supply. You know, what's going on with China? That is a major issue on demand side. So, um, you know, I still like it in this 95 cent, 96 cent area. Uh, we have pretty good support there. But I want to see it 
trending higher. You know, I'm not going to buy this thing as we're going to continue to make new lows. I want to see a trend two, three, four days of moving higher. All right, real quick as we close, crude oil, uh, 86.99, below 87, still below 90. Direction of crude right now. Well, I, it's, it doesn't look good. It looks like lower. But, you know, as a country right now, we are pumping about 15 million uh, barrels per week. We have the capacity to go up to 20 barrels per week. Uh, if we did expand our capacity, we would be back down to $70 very, very quickly. All right. Um, but, yeah, it, it looks like we're going to head lower. All right. Jeff French, try to put a smile on as much as you can, but it was tough this week. Good job, though. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thank you. That's going to do it as we put a pause on this analysis. We'll continue with Jeff and answer more of your submitted questions in our Market Plus segment. You can find that on our website of markettomarket.org. That's both in podcast and also in YouTube form. All of these resources, they are free. Pods are filling and corn is starting to mature. So how close are you or any of us to harvest? We'd like to see how things are going for you. Post a few pics on Instagram and tag them, Market to Market Show, and also give us a follow. Next week, we look at new approaches at handling mental health emergencies in rural America. I'm Paul Yeager. Thank you so very much for watching. Have a great week.